We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Love Talk Radio. Welcome and thank you for joining me. This is Evelyn Bowding. Um, this week we are going to continue with the uh, subject matter of you two must be prepared, which we started last week, and this will be part two of that. This has been a long week. Uh, there have been several things um, in the news that kind of uh, captured my uh, attention, for lack of a better word or better phrase there. And so I, I was, all during this week, I, my mind was all jumbled up with uh, how to incorporate some of the things that I heard and that I saw into this message of you two must be prepared. The thing that stood out most to me uh, from this week uh, was the response to the meeting uh, that uh, President Donald Trump had with uh, several uh, black preachers and uh, the meeting, uh, uh, in my opinion, uh, was turned out to be a farce. But I asked myself, had I been in their position, would I have taken the meeting? And if I would have taken the meeting, would I have sat there and let him tell me what his agenda was while from my response or my end would I have heaped a lot of praise uh, which again in my opinion was totally unnecessary, uh, unnecessary on a person who has not earned that praise I was taken aback by the one gentleman who said that, talking about President Obama, that he didn't do anything for the black community, but he has faith uh, and confidence that this president would. And I said, well, maybe I slept through something. Maybe I missed something. And I asked myself, exactly what was it that he expected uh, President Obama or any president, including this one, to do for the black community? And also, how could he make this blanket statement about the confidence that he has in someone who has not showed anything but I mean, every, all the evidence is to the contrary of, 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 of what the, I guess, the hope was for, but um, it is 
my hope that those pastors um, were not hoping for more and more black people to die with no consequences to anyone, that black people and brown people would end up in jail with an unfair um, justice uh, applied to them, you know, where where, uh, it it was based on the color of your skin, whether you got long terms or not, jail terms or not, whether you were incarcerated and died actually in custody, but there's no consequence and no actually in a lot of the cases no no evidence of why is that what you hoped for for your community and what about all your children continue to continuing on going down this pipeline to prison is that what you hoped for And are you forgetting the thousands of people, of young children separated from their parents, you know, on the guise of dealing with um, illegal immigrants? When it, it has, you know, why take the children? Why put children in cages? Why subject them to an environment that is going to emotionally cripple them for the rest of their lives. These are their formative years, and you have put them in cages. Is that what we are expecting from our president? Is this what it's all about? Is, Is that what you call doing something good? not just for the black community, but for all people, especially all people of color who have to this point not been handled with a just, compassionate hand by this president and this administration. I, I really could not believe, I could not understand what was behind this. Why would you you take the meeting? Not that you took the meeting. Why did you take the meeting? And pretty much I, I saw one headline that said they were cheerleaders for me. We don't need cheerleaders. Why didn't you take this opportunity since you had it? You were in the room. You were at the table. Why didn't you bring some of these tough issues, relevant issues, to the attention and say, this is what we expect. This is what we are concerned about. This is what we want for our community, and it is not happening. In fact, the direct opposite is happening. So how can you justify that? You went into a meeting with as the most powerful office in this country, yet you came with nothing, no petition for anything, 
that would actually help improve the living conditions within your communities or the living conditions within this country. I don't understand it, very disturbed by it, and very disturbed by the continued uh, process where basically anything goes with this administration and and just by the posture of going there and basically praising and cheering him on did not help your community or your cause. It it um it was mind boggling. I began last week talking about the actually I went to a scripture Speaking of preachers, I went to a scripture uh, talking about the ten brides, uh, ten bridesmaids that went out to to meet the bridegroom. Five of them being prepared with their lamps and their oil, and five not prepared. Uh, not having oil for their lamps, which they would need during the night. And because they had to leave and go get some oil, they missed the opportunity to go into the wedding banquet with the bridegroom. And I equated that to being ready or not for opportunities. Uh, We use the workplace. We use um, people of a community that had actually prepared itself, but that community found itself destroyed by this very government um, carrying out the same types of things uh with the same type of mentality uh that uh, that our current government has um, the point of the whole lesson is it is not the responsibility of others of others in the group as with the bridesmaids you had ten of them, five were ready. The five that were not ready asked the five that were ready for some of their oil so that they, too, uh, might be ready when the bridegroom came. But the five who were ready at that point given up oil that was um that was were theirs, it would they they said it would will not be enough. It won't be enough for both of us, for all of us. And everybody uh would miss the opportunity to go into the banquet. That happens in our workplaces. That happens in our communities when and I'm going to use the black community as an example because that's what I know. And 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 these are things that I have not only studied, but I, I have lived in this environment and watched these things happen over and over again. 
and have not really been successful uh, in impressing upon the community yet, and I, I won't give up, of the need to anticipate some things, to see what's going on, and to read between the lines and to see what's going on and hear what's going on and be able to gauge the impact, the the, the next step before it gets there, anticipating. And once you see the possibility, you don't have to know it or that definitely that a thing is going to happen, but if you realize that the likelihood is there that it's going to happen and these are some steps that I can take to either prevent something from happening or to be prepared when it comes down, when it comes um, to fruition, be prepared to be ready to take advantage of it. As always, when I'm broadcasting live, your calls are always welcome. The number uh, for us here is 929, let me get my cheat sheets here, 929-477-4087, 929-477-4087, and you are invited and welcome to call in and talk with us on the air. Not being ready. The economy is changing and changing fast. We have things that are now being affected because of the uh, position uh, this administration has taken on trade, and there are some consequences, uh, not all of them good. Not well, not all of them bad either, but the most most part they're bad. Um, but some, you know, things that have changed and are changing. We're on a little shaky ground in certain industries. An opportunity presents itself. Uh, perhaps some of the jobs that left, the hope is that they they will return um, to this country. Uh, the likelihood of that happening in any significant amount, I don't think there is. Um, I don't think there's the incentive enough. I don't think that the, there is enough of a ready workforce right now in this country. But that does not prevent you from becoming ready. But right now, I don't think that there is enough ready workforce to adequately sustain all of the industries that have left. And in actuality, some of the industries didn't necessarily leave the country. They just don't exist anymore because of changes, changes in technology and 
um, therefore these types of jobs are obsolete and just about gone. The few that are, are remaining will be around for a short while, but ultimately uh, technology will take those with it. There's one area, and that's the area of technology, that is still, it is um, the digital age is here. I mean, it, it's it's here. We Everything that we do right now, I'm looking at probably about four different devices just uh, to do this program, uh, all digital. And fewer fewer than 5% of the people in this massive uh workforce this this digital uh, arena fewer than 5% of them are african american now it doesn't mean that african americans have not um prepared for it in fact uh, i read somewhere that about 2.8% of the uh, degrees, actually, before I say that, let me find it. Yes, 2.8% of black college graduates earn degrees in computer science. 2.6% of white college graduates earn degrees in computer science. But Fewer than 5% of the workers in uh, the uh, digital workforce are African-American. There, there is a reason for that. That reason has to be um, brought to surface, and it needs to be dealt with. We cannot expect that someone else will deal with that. We must do it ourselves. We we must be prepared to do it. Um, too many, in my opinion, graduates, high school graduates, college graduates, trade school graduates, too many in the African-American community, too many of those graduates still um, graduate with their eyes on a job as opposed to with the eye on creating a business that provides jobs. And for that reason, um, there are less people of color in digital workforce. That's because people tend to hire people that look the long and short of it. And it's up to us as a people to impress upon our young people as they are going through uh, the colleges and the trade schools and even those coming out of high school. Think a little differently. Don't let all your concentrations or, or all your thoughts be on getting a job. Think about creating a job. 
That makes perfect sense to me. Creating a job. of black households have computers. These tools have to be used to increase the aid, to increase participation in opportunities related to jobs and businesses and education across the nation and across the globe. 89.3% with all these computers, and yet the literacy rate falls way behind um, the general population. All these computers, what are you doing with the computers? What are they being used for? Examine that within your homes, within your communities, and see if you can come to an idea about repurposing repurposing the computers, bringing them to um, a use that can be beyond the mere pleasure. A lot of people, you know, get, use them for games and um, playing games and, you know, entertainment, pleasure, just mere pleasure, fleeting pleasure, immediate things, things for the future. So um, I would encourage you, especially parents, to... um, Not only have your children um, make these, make better use of the computers, um, and that, you know, that that includes a lot of things. Uh, Make better use of the computers rather than for purely for entertainment. Um, The digital divide is real. African American are a big part of the consumer base. But on the other end, we're not there. We're consuming. Consume. When you consume something, you know, that's like um, I was working a job once where, you know, we had all of these um, um, rules and stuff we had to follow. And one thing that I thought was kind of funny on it when I first read it had to do with the types of gifts, you know, that you could accept from the public or, um, you know, anyone that you come in contact with, type type of gifts that you could accept. Now, you could, could accept consumables. Something that you could eat. Something that could be eaten and done away with. You could accept. Okay, so I can accept food. Why why would I even want that? But anyway, that's me. 
we must point out and confront the divide and solve these problems. We must do this. We, too, must be prepared, and we are not. And the divide is growing. It's not narrowing, and that's one of the things that that uh, that concerns me. We continue to ask for things that, in my opinion, we could probably provide for ourselves if we just took the opportunity to do the right thing, to look-see how and where we can make changes and, and, and deal with, um, with creating things within our own community. With the change in uh, work for, workforce, my tongue is tired tonight. With the change in workforce and the demographic shifts, it is essential to focus on this emerging workforce. Who wakes up thinking about that? Who wakes up thinking that as the demographics, things are affecting us, changes are affecting us, how can I make a difference? Where can I plug in? What can I do to affect the change for the people that will come after me? You see, that's that's where I am. I I want to know what can I do, and I think at this point it's it's a case of bringing attention to it that that the problems exist, and that a lot of the responsibility is on us. We can't wait for someone else to do it, and that's that's why you know. I mean, I, I always read, and when I come across something and see something, I mean, it may not be anything that I can take advantage of. I'm out of the normal or, or the the regular workforce. I spent my years, uh, a lot of them, in the workforce, and uh, when I, when the opportunity came, I'm one of the fortunate ones that could actually uh, take an early retirement, do something else. In our community, one thing is still true. A lot of our people work jobs, work hard jobs, and work long, uh, a lot of years, and we we think that we're... um, putting things back for our retirement years and and we're saving up and we're looking to that day that we can draw our Social Security. And um, unfortunately, because of disparity uh, in, in things in health, 
especially, a lot of us would not make it. A lot of us will not make it to get to draw Social Security. And even less uh, now, if we, if this administration gets to uh, play the okey-doke with the Social Security system uh, as we know it. It is up to us. We must be prepared. Uh, and they talk about uh, systemic racism. Yes, we know it. So it's up to us. If, if we know that it's, we're dealing with systemic racism, then it's up to us to figure out and to prepare for it in such a way that uh, it is less effective, less effective on us. I came across this uh, phrase. I don't know where it was because I said, as I said, I read anything. I read a lot. And I came across this and I wrote it down. It has to do with children. It says, speak to children as if they are the wisest, kindest, most beautiful and magical humans on earth for what they believe is what they will become. What they believe is what they will become. At the opening, I said, um, relate a statement by one of the preachers about what did Obama do for us. And I I didn't mean this to become a political thing, but at this point, politics is so much, so much a part of our... uh, every minute of our lives, but had he not done anything else, his election, his demeanor, the way he executed himself, himself, the uh, way he interacted with people of all walks of life, not not to mention, you know, uh, some of the policies, but just because he was elected and the, the dignity that he and his administration brought to that office, that, in my opinion, was enough when it came came to or comes to young people because it brought with it and it gave to them hope. Hope, the audacity of 
hope. The one thing that has happened when you talk to a lot of people within our communities was hope. And the thing that President Obama and his administration brought not only to this country, but to the um, to the world at large, was hope. It revived hope. It says that or signaled that this thing could happen in a country like the United States of America. There is hope. So for the young people, especially the young black and brown people, to see a president that looked like them and the way that he carried himself and the way that he dealt with people up and down the line, having uh, um, the line of financial status and uh, position, and the way he dealt with you, whether you were a man or a woman or gay or straight, hope. Just to see that gave an element of hope, and that's enough. That's enough for a lot of people. Um, You can talk with some of the very young people and, and some of those that actually are now coming out of college, they will tell you that's what he gave to them, hope. And I I think that he had to come before this situation that we have now because it gives us hope that even in the face of what's going on every day in this country, all the negative stuff, even in the face of that, there is still hope because he was. Because the the same type of hatred and unrest that's brewing, that same type of thing happens and has happened before in this very country, and and some things more horrific in this very country. But out of that, still, came the president and administration of um, under uh, Barack Obama. If a country such as this And this is not the first time that this country has put people into cages, into chains. I mean, just just groups of people uh, into internment camps and uh, not to mention the shackles and the uh, the chains of slavery, not to mention our prison system, which was just an evolution of slavery, 
None of this stuff is new. There are, there are people like myself old enough to remember. So if a country as we are found its way to be in such a position that it would have elected a president, an unlikely president, as it did uh, with Barack Obama, then look into that. We can still hope. We can still hope in the face of all of the turmoil that's happening right now. We still have hope uh, because we've seen it. Had we not seen it, we wouldn't have hope. Um, we would we would know that it's not too late to turn the ship around. Speak to children as if they're the wisest, kindest, kindest, most beautiful and magical humans on earth. For what they believe in is what they will become, and that is so true. Um, I cringe when I hear parents yelling at their children and calling them, um, you know, hurtful names when they say things like, you ain't going to never be nothing, all of that, because what you feed into it is what he begins to believe about himself or herself and what he ultimately becomes, not all, but the majority, become that thing that they believe. And um, it behooves us to encourage our children, encourage our young people. We, too, must be ready. We, too, must be ready come November 6th. Now, there are some primaries that are still going on across the country, and um, I vaguely remember, I don't know the details. Uh, I'll look that up for later. where I believe it was Ohio, where there were some 500,000 registered voters, but only uh, 200,000 showed up to vote. And my thinking is we cannot turn this ship around if the people don't show up. Don't give up. Get busy and getting the correct information to those within your reach and get out to vote and let November 6th be one of the biggest turnouts, the voters' turnouts that we have seen in recent years in this country. That's the only way to put a stop to what's going on in this country. We are out of balance. We are out of balance. We have an entire government that is Republican run. If, you know, if, if everything had been all Democrat, it would still have been out of balance. But what we have to do is get some balance there. When things are out of balance, they turn over, they fall. We're falling fast. 
because there are those that sit in the House of Representatives and Senate that are accepting anything that this administration wants, and that is totally wrong. I mean, it, it it benefits no one but them because they are a lot of them are on the beneficial end of it. But it's not what is best or good for this country. And the only way, our only way to change it is to exercise the right to vote and get out and do it. And don't get apathetic and say, um, oh, well, they're going to do what they, they want to do in a way. No. If the situation is that there is an outside influence trying to interfere, vote still. Vote. Must be ready. And it, 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 it's us. We've got to do it. We have to take the responsibility. It's us. It is us. Individually. Collectively. That's what will make this thing work. Is if the citizens of this United States take this and turn it around. How this got back to politics, I don't know. I, I've been struggling, uh, been struggling just not to do that. And it's, uh, it's difficult when you know a thing or when you see a thing. It's very difficult to sometimes just pull back and, and not say or do anything about it. And, in fact, uh, it's not always expedient to do that. Um, I do know that uh, come November 6th, uh, this house I know will be uh, at the post, and I encourage you, uh, all, all of you out there, if you aren't registered to vote, go ahead and take care of it. Do it now. Do it early before the crunch time and before um, someone comes up with an idea of, of a way to prevent you from doing that. I mean, that's been going on. That's been going on a lot. You know, we, we've always had gerrymandering, uh, and now we're just having out-and-out vote suppression. So go ahead and get everything that you need that will allow you to exercise in your right to vote. And when we do turn this thing around and get um, a new Congress seated, we need to put pressure on to restore those elements of the Voter Rights Act that um, that, that this uh, system, uh, this system, this Congress said was no longer needed. That's not right. That's not right. You, well, we can see that it's very much needed, so we need to get that get that restored. Again, this is Evelyn Bowding inviting you to participate when we do our live, live broadcasting. 
and we encourage you to uh, drop us a line if you have a question or even a suggestion for a subject matter that you would like to see us discuss. Um, let us know. You can uh, write me at uh, Evelyn info at EvelynBowden.com or EWBowden at Hotmail.com or hit me up on Facebook, um, Evelyn Bowden on Facebook and and uh, messages. Send us uh, information. Send us uh, what you are interested in and some um and if you have questions that you you would like to have answered or addressed in uh, about any subject, we will, if we can, if that's something that we can can do, we will look uh, forward to with with joy uh, to handling that for you. Thank you for listening tonight and a visit. Online Treasure Stores, OnlineTreasureStore.com. OnlineTreasureStore.com makes this program possible. Uh, visit and um, buy something while you're there. Until next time, thank you for joining me on Let's Talk with Evelyn Bowden.